We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so honored you're taking some of your day to hang out with us here on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. You know, I love the topic of relationships. And if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, you also know I love a good inspirational thought-provoking quote. I'm also going to be sharing some pearls of wisdom here on Journey to Center. And I would love to hear from you, my friends and listeners, as to your thoughts and perspective on these quotes. I would also love your suggestions and your favorite nuggets of truth and wisdom to share. So today I'm contemplating and exploring this wonderful quote from Teilhard de Chardin. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. This is a quote that I love and that I've used a lot. We are not spiritual human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. I think when we overly identify with either of these extremes, being only human or overly spiritual, we can create some interesting challenges for ourselves and likely set ourselves up for disappointment, imbalance, and suffering. I think if we're overly identified with being human, we navigate primarily from the posture of separation, competition, and ego, which can also be an acronym for edging God out. And if we identify with being only spiritual, we have a propensity to negatively judge this human experience. We also have a tendency to do spiritual bypasses and pour pink paint over our pain or problems. Perhaps light and love are our deepest and truest nature, but we also have to balance those qualities with boundaries, discernment, and physical world reality. And the truth is, sometimes life is hard. Being human can hurt. So how do we come into balance and make the most of this human adventure? I think the point is not to transcend our humanness in the world of duality, but to accept it, make peace with it, and find our balance and flow with the inner play of light and shadow, good and bad, joy and sorrow. So what does it mean to you to really embrace and explore what it means to be a spiritual being having a human experience? I would really love to know. You can write me at Tammy Balashevsky on Facebook or Tammy B. PhD on Twitter with your thoughts and what this brings up for you. Today, I'm excited to be talking to an expert who helps people find their balance in this world of opposites and uses the gifts of confusion and chaos to support those she works with to go to higher levels of compassion and consciousness. My guest is Elaine Lemon. Elaine has an extensive resume, and a portion of her credentials include being an author, an advanced certified practitioner of neuro and energetic kinesiology. She is a spiritual health and wellness coach. One of Elaine's specialties is in distance healing. She is also an earth transition practitioner, a certified Louise Hay Heal Your Life instructor, an expert in applied physiology, chakra meridian balancing, rapid eye technology, cranial sacral therapy, aromatherapy, and she is a Reiki master. Elaine's expansive body of work incorporates breakthroughs in brain neuroscience, nutrition, body energy system, sensory integration, focused emotional processing, and motivational heart-mind empowerment. Elaine is also the co-author of the book 
Beyond Beautiful, and the executive producer of the documentary, Take It With You. Elaine, I am so honored to have you here with us today on Journey to Center. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is an awesome opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to really delve into some of this material. And just right out of the gate, you have quite a bit of education. You have quite an extensive resume, and it makes me a little dizzy to read it all. <laughs> it can be a little confusing. So I want to bring this down to basics. Can you kind of put into a comprehensive nutshell what it is you do for people? Well, I work with um, bringing holographic healing techniques through um, brain neuroscience and emotional processing, integration, and using holographic chakra and light body balancing. So it allows me to get biofeedback from the subconscious of who I'm working with and access where the stress levels are being held in the system and then to be able to find where that is locked in on and shift that energy. Well, that's that's compelling. I had an appointment with you. I was honored to have an appointment with you to to experience what you do. And um, we talked a little bit about stress and actually the gift of stress. And again, to me, that comes to that that brings me back to this whole human experience. Most people, I think, are are in stress and in fear. And you're saying that that's not necessarily a bad thing. That it can actually be an opportunity. Is that accurate? Exactly. Our obstacles are our opportunities because behind every experience that we have in personal crisis, there's also on the opposite side of that, the duality, a gift that um, is waiting for us to discover about ourselves. Mm, I, I like the sounds of that because to me what it brings to mind is using our human experience to evolve spiritually. Exactly. Exactly. I really think that that's why we're having this human experience. It's important for us to create balance of connecting our physical bodies and also our spiritual energies and not being an extreme of one or the other, but finding where there is that flow so that we can have that peace and calm and serenity in our life. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't that what we all want? Exactly. <laughs> Find that peace and that balance and that that place of of of, of being safe and and supported. So I loved your book Beyond Beauty, and I know you share a story in there about fires and and how animals respond to fire. Can you can you share that with us? Yeah, I um, you know if you think about fire, fear is really it really is like fire, but it's also just energy that has, that's trapped, so we don't have the movement anymore. So the more that energy has trapped within us, we're unable to make a shift. And usually our response is to run from that, to try to get away from it, make it go away. Mm-hmm. But um, the National Geographic did a study about animals in Africa that survived the fire And they found that the animals that ran from the fire get exhausted, and eventually they collapse and they can't escape. But the zebra is one of the animals that makes it through the fire. And the reason why is that it turns and it faces the fire and runs through it. And by doing that, it finds um, safety in that freshly charred earth, which is the place that we can find rebirth and, um, and 
So it's going through that fire that allows us to shift and move towards what we want. So really going into our darkness is what creates our ability to be able to find our greatest gifts that we, how we were talking about before. It's like facing the fire, challenging it, moving through it, and learning that the illusion that we had before and transforming the energy. So it awakens us to new possibilities for growth, and um, those possibilities were previously unavailable or we couldn't see that before. And I've never heard of that study before, and I find it incredibly fascinating. And it, it, it is so interesting because it does take a certain a courage to go into the fire. And I talk all the time how people tend to either run from themselves or to themselves. But it seems, it seems like the majority of people want to run away from themselves. They want to run away from their pain or the discomfort. It seems like we're kind of wired to be more like an elephant than a zebra. And it's like if we have to make that choice. Exactly. We have to make that choice. Exactly. Well, and it's, it's not necessarily it's, natural. <laughs> well, that, that's the whole paradox is that in the darkness, as we look at all of the restrictions and holding patterns that we have and you begin to unravel um, those experiences, both connected to our personal and on a collective consciousness, that allows us to embrace more of our spiritual wholeness. And in that spiritual wholeness is where we also have the physical wholeness. So it's, it's about going in and creating more space for light and our life force energy by, allow, by going into the darkness. So one thing that's really um, important when I work with somebody is when that emotion comes up, and usually it comes up and it's very uncomfortable and people don't want to deal with it. That's where it's important to actually expand that fear, so make it bigger and keep moving into it because behind that fear is the feeling that we're going to die. Mm-hmm. And when you get, when you face that feeling that, okay, if this finally happens and I die, then you realize that you're still okay even if you die in that and it allows you to shift. So it's really kind of like... Um, our ego has to face that death and make the shift. So it's, you know, going into that darkness, looking and clearing old memories and patterns and past emotions and um, memories of incidences um, give us that healing information. And um, through that, we can create more stability and peace and calm and balance and, and really draw on our inner strength to um, accomplish. Mm. Yeah, that's that's fantastic because, you know, I, I talk about how we have so many options on planet Earth as far as things that we can do to distract ourselves and run from ourselves. You see people maybe um, self-medicating through the alcohol or, or drugs or food or maybe they're at the mall every day or, you know, people can be addicted to sex or relationships or social media. It's like we can, we have so many options to run away from ourselves and to get out of ourselves and run from our pain. But I think we're all on a leash. It's like we're tethered and we can only go so far creating out of that disconnection and fear before we kind of are like yanked back on our chain. I say God throws pebble stones, bricks, and then you get a brick wall. So, um, it would have been nice to, to, to realize all of this and maybe have a session with you before the brick wall came down on me. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's um, not perfect. Everything, everything shows up perfectly at the perfect time. And, 
and that's something that we need to trust as well, you know, but but life is, is the ebb and flow. It's the expansion and contraction. We have birth and death, and all those processes are important because in that state of contraction, you think about when a woman's giving birth to a baby, she has mm-hmm. extreme contraction, which allows that opening and expansion to occur so that her creation can come forward. So what we're often afraid of is the um, going into the contraction. Mm-hmm. And um, the contraction is part of our magnetizing. You know, we think about, I want to magnetize this experience into my life. And the reason why most people don't manifest what they want is because when that contraction, that contraction occurs, that, that's usually when they back out and run away instead of mm-hmm. going through it. So, so it's very important when that fear is present to recognize that that um, is the place to continue to move forward and keep focused on what you really would like to manifest in your life. Yeah, that's beautifully put. I know recently I've been trying to do that more when discomfort comes up, not to run away from myself, but to sit to sit Mm -hmm. and get still and meditate and try to, you know, really line up with source. But it it doesn't feel like it's a natural thing to do. It's like, I guess we're hardwired to run. (laughs) Well, you know, it isn't natural. And that's why so many people get stuck in their life and aren't able to really achieve what they desire to achieve. So, you know, it's like the courageous people go into this, they face it all the time, you know, but most of us, well, it's our just human nature is to, let's just back away, never mind, I don't want to do this, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is what I love about you, Elaine. This is what I love about having you on the show because it's like you provide a really safe space for people to walk through the fire. We don't have to do it alone. And I think you're, you're really good at what you do. And I know you know, I had an appointment with you in person. You live in Boise, Idaho, and it was really just amazing. And I, I recommend you wholeheartedly. But you also you. do distance healing, from what I understand. So if we have somebody I listening from, from New York or Florida or, or Connecticut or Pennsylvania, they can actually experience what you do, and you can support them in walking through the fire from, from the phone. Is that right? From, from Skype? Or how, how do you like to do distance healing? Um, I, li- I like to do it over the phone. I can also do it in with Skype, too, that, that works just as well, you know, either one, because it's really just about um, when we're working with energy, just tuning into the energy field and allowing the person to receive it. And so, you know, it's our, our minds that think this is limited, that it, it can only happen if we're here in, in person, but you think about how everyday experiences of transfer of energy over long distances, satellite dishes, radio waves, you know, those we don't think about when we stick a a plug into the socket in the wall, is this going to really work? Um, You know, it's like we just know that it will. And it's the same thing with our life force energy. Energy is not contained, and it's not limited by time and space. And so by doing distance healing, it's very effective. And also, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed. It's, it's only changed from one form to another. So by working with what's happening on a molecular level, we can shift that to more of an energetic process. Mm, 
I think that sounds amazing. And, um, you know, for the people who are hanging out with us today later in the show, when we come back from break, we're actually going to do a bit of a distance healing. And our um, guest is actually going to be a surrogate for each and every one of us. So there's healing available for all of us through this process. And we can experience a little bit of, of what Elaine does and how she does it. And I'm really excited about that, Elaine. It was such, yeah. such, a, such a wonderful suggestion on your part. That, that you can work with somebody and it can inf- affect and influence anybody who's, who's connecting with us today. Yes, because that's really important is, is that we're just all, we really are connected. We are one. And so by um, your caller calling in, we are able to just um, allow that energy to be conducive for everybody. So that's my intention is that everybody is uplifted and has a shift with their life by going through that experience. Yeah, and again, I think so much of this work comes to what is our intention? Because, you know, I think what you're doing is available, the healing work is available for anybody that has the intention for it to help them. You know, it's like if you're just listening and you're not really intending to get anything out of it, you probably won't. But if you set Mm -hmm. the intention, because you can only go as far and fast and high and deep as as one's intention is, you know. So I think you're... Yeah, you're offering a wonderful little um, silver platter of healing and dessert here today for anybody that wants to partake. Exactly. It will be, so it, I, it'll be a really awesome experience to um, be able to make a difference for so many people. I'm, I know I'm going to be really opening to having that experience. My intention is to get the most value out of that as possible. So I'm excited about exploring and experiencing that. And I want to touch a little on um, the different areas, the five different areas you um, really work with and focus on. I think, you know, pretty much anything anybody wants is going to fall into one of these five categories, but I really like how you break it down so we can get clear about what our intention is and how we want to uh, go to the next level in our lives. So do you want to talk about the little, the five, a little bit about the five different options or um, categories that you work with? Yeah, um, first of all, I work with relationships, focusing on relationships and how we can create more passion and intimacy in our lives, um, learning to communicate, which is a huge part of our connection with our loved ones and the people that we care about, and um, really knowing how to heal ourselves um, first, because so many times I see my clients or talk to clients that, you know, it's like it, if only their partner would get over this, then the issue would be better. And mm-hmm. um, what, what's important with relationships is recognizing if this issue is really bothering you and your partner, it's really your own issue that you're just projecting to your partner. So learning how to become accountable for, mm-hmm. that, own, for that projection and taking back the, the um, energy and looking at yourself very closely because you find when you work on yourself that your relationships just change without them having to change them too. It's, it's, it's a different frequency or vibration that you're sending out, which yes. allows them to interact with you in a different you're way. You're talking my language from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Love that. So, so um, relationships, the other area I work on is with um, health and fitness and just helping us to gain better um, health and vitality by balancing, um, you know, emotional body, um, 
mind, our spirit, and just improving the quality of our life, you know, and this can range from anything from diet, nutrition, weight, releasing our stress, helping us to, um, you know, look at our lifestyle issues and working through pain and um, addictions. So there's, there's a lot of issues that we can work with with your health to help facilitate that change in your life that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, Use the physical vehicle mm-hmm. as a, mm-hmm. a portal. Mm-hmm. So relationships and health, what's next? And the next, uh, self-improvement. So this is our ability to discover our passions and priorities and values and learn what, what it is that is defined as success for you because a lot of times we're living off of maybe our parents' plan for our, our lives or our companions or, um, you know, but what is, what is your own self-improvement? What is your own success? Because I see so many people that I work with that really don't know what their passion is or what they desire or what makes them happy and so through this process, we can work with being able to be in tune to more. What is your purpose? What brings you that joy? What allows you to release the stress and create more of the goals and um, self-esteem that you desire? And what is your ultimate manifestation that you're working towards to create? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Helping people really identify what it is they want internally, not playing to the audience or... Again, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. getting in touch with what brings you joy. What is your definition of success? Or, Okay, perfect. So we got relationships, health, self-improvement. What's number um, four? Also spiritual development. So mm-hmm. this is about really awakening to our own, our own new beginning, you know, where we find life where we can live in that place of happiness and peace and success and um, where really we're in a state of just having wisdom and clarity and power and working in that energy that um, brings us more fulfillment. So being able to connect to our authentic self, creating success and abundance in our life and really living our life mission and purpose, what we're here for, by um, learning how to listen to that inner voice and understanding that connection to our, our divine source. So. That's, that's a really important aspect to bring into our health and well-being. Yes, I would absolutely agree. It's one of my intentions for sure. And then the final area. This is a good one. Yeah, <laughs> prosperity and abundance. So we're learning how to um, create the prosperity and abundance that we want. And that, that's not, you know, most people just think this is money. It's much more than money. You know, we can have abundance of friends, abundance of, of um, you know, good experiences or doing um, fun, relaxation, but also money, too, you know, that is very important. And so working through and clearing uh, just our inherited beliefs about money, we think about the times that our parents, we've viewed and watched them perhaps argue or have problems and, you know, most marriages break up over some kind of source of money. So looking at those relationships and how our belief system has created that we have a lack instead of having a flow because our lives are supposed to have it, it actually an ebb and flow. There is a time when, you know, I was talking about that when we've created that um, desire to make a shift and a lot of times we'll have that contraction right before it shifts into the expansion. 
So making it through those times and looking at how we sabotage ourselves and how um, also focusing on the, you know, small things like gratitude are what allow us to be more prosperous and abundant. Mm. Yeah, I say that a lot. If you're grateful for what you have, then it kind of keeps the door open and it keeps you in a very magnetic state where you naturally attract more. I really, I really think gratitude is the key. You know, it's really the answer because, because if in that state of just loving what is, you know, and even if you can just barely find something, I talked about that in my book um, also was at the time of my divorce, um, I was, had just moved to a new place, didn't have any friends. You know, I, I was really in this place of isolation and I hated where I lived and hated everything about it, but I started doing this practice of what is it that I love about this? What is it that makes me happy? Mm-hmm. And it ended up being I had a pond in my backyard, and at night when I lay in bed, it would rip it. And so I would listen to that frog and wait for that frog. And the reason <laughs> I loved frogs so much is when my children were little, we would go get pollywogs out of the pond and and watch the, the pollywogs grow into frogs. And it was just like this fun experience. So that's what those frogs reminded me of. So, so my prayer became, thank you for the frog, you know, and, and that was your gratitude. touchstone. That was your anchor for gratitude. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's, then always something. there's always something we can find to be grateful for, even if it's just exactly. that you're taking this breath. Yes. And and I found that that just expanded for me, that my gratitude for the frog, and then I love hearing the geese fly across and get it on the water, and and just looking for little small things, and as more I started expanding that gratitude, it expanded outward and, and started attracting into my life people and, you know, the things that I desired, and that it, it really began with gratitude. For what yeah, I have. It, it does create that portal, I believe. Exactly. I think that's amazing. Well, we're going to go to break. And when we come mm-hmm. back, Elaine's going to give us a little bit more information about her book and the movie she had uh, something to do with, which is amazing. I watched it. It's called Take It With You. We're also going to do um, a surrogate healing for anybody that wants to participate in going to the next level of fulfillments and happiness and peace in their own lives. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my incredible expert, Elaine Lemon. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have held the same mirror for 13 years. I have been decorated with purple dinosaurs, baseball teams, and football helmets. I have witnessed 33 Thanksgiving dinners. And one wedding proposal. I have tiny notches marking the growth of three children. I have caused a learning disability. I am the reason that a fifth grader simply can't sit still. I am responsible for a five-year-old's rage. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over one million children. If your home is built before 1978, your family could be at risk. Let's make all kids lead-free kids. Log on to LeadFreeKids.org or call 800-424-LED. I am the reason a child has trouble hearing. If your walls could talk, what would they say? Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Mozart toes, these are so very great. Kids rejoice when Mozart's on their plate. 
They know they're quite nutritious And so delicious They'll lick the dishes And soon you'll realize how impactful Your kids in Bob and the Arts can be They'll get better grades Make more friends and express their individuality When they learn to play some music Act or paint or dance or write creatively Hot from the toaster and filled with the essential creative thinking skills of an 18th century musical genius, Mozart Toasties are an important part of an arts-healthy childhood. Studies show that involvement in the arts helps kids increase test scores and promotes academic achievement. Feed your kids the arts. For 10 simple ways to learn how, visit americansforthearts.org. The arts. Ask for more. Brought to you by Americans for the Arts, the NAM Foundation, and the Ad Council. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and 800,000. And the eyes of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 150. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the... You're listening to Empower Radio. Now, back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so happy to be hanging out with you here today on Journey to Center and sharing my lovely guest with you, Elaine Lemon. I'm enjoying this conversation thoroughly. Well, thank you. I'm, it's really a pleasure to be on the show, and, and I love the insight and in being able to communicate about this process. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's my passion. It's my purpose. It's, and it's just really incredible to connect with other people that have the same passion and purpose. And I'm, I'm excited about picking your brain a little bit more and then experiencing um, the gift of your healing and your magic and being able to share that with everyone. I'm really, really looking forward to this. But first, I want to ask you a couple more questions. I, you know, we talked in the beginning of the show about how not dealing with our fear, not being willing to to go into it can affect us. So I'm really curious how you feel, how you see um, unprocessed emotions affecting us either physically or mentally or emotionally. If we keep running from ourselves, how is that uh, um, going to affect us in our lives? Well, it's, it's interesting. We have light bodies that sur- surround our physical body. And each level is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. There's um, different levels of spiritual. And in that light body, we have our energy, that energy field, um, different issues that are being held there. And as long as it remains there and there's not any conflict, it just creates problems with our moods and stuff like that. But as it's starts to become a bigger issue and moves into our bodies on a physical level, um, it creates more illness. And it's really like our physical body, when it starts having pain and problems, 
this is a final warning system that's saying that mm-hmm. we can't continue this perception that we have anymore. You know, it's looking at we're creators of our life, and um, our brain is kind of like a, you know, like a computer, and its purpose is to keep us alive for the next instant, not for long term. It's really about biological survival. Mm-hmm. So when we have... Um, diseases or emotions that haven't been processed or patterns or mental thoughts that don't get processed, then um, our body goes into a state of compensation and it starts borrowing energy from other systems. And um, our chakras, which are um, spinning vortexes of life that bring energy into us, also are interrelated with the physical system because of the endocrine um, interface that has it which actually affects all of our cells in the body. And so um, emotions and mental that haven't been processed um, can become more of a physiological problem in our body. So really illness is a response to having high stress and not having the opportunity to work with it and heal the issues and and because of the inability to get to recuperate after having a conflict, usually that's when the body will set in with the illness. So usually it's something that happens like a dramatic um, shock that happens. And during that time, we feel isolated, like nobody understands us. There's not somebody to communicate with us. And also we have a conflict. So it's something that we're running in our mind 24-7. It's like it doesn't go away. And when we have that combination that's happening, it becomes those issues start to create more of a physical issue within our body. So, um, like we said before, though, as you go into that darkness and really face it and clear it, it allows us to transform and um, empower ourselves, which then your body no longer has to hold that issue. It's, It's almost like a child that um, goes out and skins his knee and will come in and say, Mommy, Mommy, my knee hurts, my knee hurts. And if you keep saying, shut up, don't bother me, I'm doing this, I'm on the phone, um, eventually the child will probably shut up, but it doesn't forget that the knee hurts. But if you can allow the child to communicate and say, tell me about it, tell me about your pain, eventually if you keep asking the question the child's like, it's all better. You know, it, it, it doesn't want to keep talking about it. So we have that mm. same response. There's that part of us that just needs to eliminate so it can create more space for light. I love that. What comes to mind is how if we're, if we're hurting and met with compassion, then we, um, if we feel heard and, and feel loved through that process, we, we eventually relax. And it creates kind of an um, opportunity to integrate. Exactly. Is that, yeah, is that, is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just allowing, allowing us to have a voice and bring it to a conscious level because Mm -hmm. bringing issues to a conscious level is what allows it to shift because first, before you even are about awareness, if you don't have that awareness of the issue, then you can't really shift it. But once it becomes aware I'm creating this pattern again, then you're, that awareness, then you can start consciously choosing that you're not going to continue to do that pattern and watching how many times you do it. So 
it's really a process of bringing it to our conscious level so that we can be able to make a shift. And sometimes it takes something dramatic or painful to bring it to the conscious level. It does. A lot of times we, ha- we go into crisis for it, and that's, that's what pushes us into that place. But also, if you know, we think about our body's always looking for this level of homeostasis that wants to be balanced. It wants to have, um, you know, so it will find a place, okay, this is where I am. I'm okay right here. And a personal crisis or even doing some healing work will create chaos. And in the space of chaos is where we have to find a different level to function. And so by creating that chaos, then your body will have to find a higher level of homeostasis to shift to. So it really gives us a gift by going into that crisis and working through it. It it shows us that we have the capacity to be able to shift issues and be able to to um, really face our problems. Mm, I really like that. To me, what I what comes to mind is going through a glass ceiling, and it can be confusing, and there can be like shards of glass. It can be, it can be scary. But what you do is when you go through the glass ceiling, you get to a higher level where you, again, maybe come back into that place of peace and equanimity. But we are trying to, I do believe Earth is a school, and we are trying to... Um, ascend in our consciousness and the chaos will support us in doing so if we want to use it as that opportunity Mm -hmm. i just love you elaine this is really good stuff thank you thank you i like looking at it from different angles and perspectives and i love your i love your presentation i love your perspective and now i'm very 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 excited to experience um your work we've talked about it and now we're going to have the opportunity to work with a friend and listener and helping her go through her process and i want you to explain elaine exactly what is going to happen as far as the opportunity. You'd mentioned that we would be able to use her as a surrogate. So can you talk a little bit about that, and then we'll bring her on. Okay. I'm just wondering if I can put a little plug for my son's movie before that. Is that okay? Oh, of course. That is, it, is, <laughs> it is such a beautiful movie, and I okay. was on the edge of my seat watching it. So, yes, please mention that. And then I'm also, after we do this, I'm going to send people to your website. So I want people to know how to get That's a hold great. of you and, and uh, understand all the, the wonderful things that you offer. So, yes, please go ahead. So I, I'm an executive, executive producer of um, – a movie called Take It With You, which was produced by my son and my daughter, Alyssa, so Bryce Lemon and Alyssa Lemon. And, and what they did is they, they took a journey. It was like a spiritual journey to go around the world. And um, what they discovered in this whole process was more that we are all one, that people um, connect with them and um, wanted us to all experience this unity and that we have a lot of times that feeling that everybody is separate and they have different cultures. So this movie explores and talks about the importance of connecting and that we're all in the search for happiness, and that's what really unites us in our, our um, growth and learning. So I'm excited mm-hmm. just to, to talk about it just because my son just got accepted to the Los Angeles New Wave International Film Festival and that's coming up on June 9th and, um, in Hollywood at the Actors Company Theater. So there's a little plug for him, too. So I'm very excited about that. 
Well, and again, I think that speaks to uh, what we're going to be doing with um, my guest here and that, you know, we are all connected. We are all one when we get to the level of the heart. So what you're offering here is, is just a wonderful opportunity for, for anyone to, to experience this connection and this, this healing. And it's the same message that Bryce found uh, in his journeys around the world. But people don't have to journey around the world. They can just kind of come present into this moment and, and have exactly. that experience of connection as well. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, well, and that's what's so nice about the movie is that it allows you to be a part of it by seeing all the different cultures and, and seeing people's intent to do good. You know, one experience that they had on their trip is that they were down to their last dollar and and um, didn't know how they were going to even have money that night. And and my daughter, Alyssa, just said, it's okay, it will find a way, it will be okay. And they started walking towards the alley, and on in the alley was a chair that had $100 sitting on that chair with a little sign that said, this is for whoever needs this. And, wow. you know, it was quite incredible that, you know, just following their intuition, it, that that was really like um, got them through that space where they weren't able to have the money. And, and that's really how life is, is that synchronicity that occurs mm-hmm. as you just lean into life and trust it. Yeah, not, not be paralyzed by the fear, but go into exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So and that's knowing what we're that the universe do. always provides. Yes, it really does if we can relax and receive it. So, mm-hmm. and again, I, I'm open to relaxing and receiving, and I hope my guests are as well. I invite you to set your intention for this, and I would like to welcome to the show my my wonderful friend and devoted listener, Penny Orloff. Penny, are you there? I am. I'm so excited okay. that you're here and being the surrogate for all of us who want to um, go to the next level in our own lives. So thank you for being with us. Well, I'm glad to have the opportunity anyway. I've had things, you know, that I'm tweaking and healing continuously. So this is a, yes, a wonderful yes, pleasure are, huh? for me as well. Yeah. So Elaine, meet Penny. Penny, meet Elaine. And I'm going to let you take it, take it from here. Okay, thank you. So, Penny, um, I just wanted to talk to you about what what you wanted to work with today. Is that did you have something that was feeling like you can't shift that, or what? What was your? Yeah, I've been working on shifting something for about seven years now, and I feel nearly or approaching a crossroads or something. But uh, I think I need a kick over the edge, and that would be my um, relationships with others. Okay. Yeah. So what what is it about your relationships that you feel like you just can't shift? Um, it's not that I can't shift it. It's more that I don't shift it. I cling to to a bygone era and a bygone state. My parents died seven years ago, and mm-hmm. it, it was an old European ethnic family, and they were the center of the family. And my siblings all have families of their own, and and were able to shift into their own families and their own. But I um, never married, and I don't have any children. And, you know, the loss of my parents was kind of the loss of my identity as a family member, even though throughout my life I've made, you know, um, families of choice with um, the theater or people in a, in a certain group that I was part of. But... Um, 
really letting go of my parents and that feeling of, fa- of family in order to create the next phase for myself to go into perhaps even a relationship with a man would be nice. But I keep, you know, I, I have lagged behind and, and slowly been letting go of my parents. But, you know, it's seven years. So, right. and I, you know, I feel it's, it's time. Well, grief, grief is a really difficult process, and I know that letting go of that identity as a family is, is a really difficult thing to go through, especially yeah. when that has been, it probably was a huge part of, what was your role with your parents? It, were you more of a caretaker, or what did you do as at the end of their lives, I, I was the caretaker. I moved into their house, and as the unmarried person who worked from her desk, instead of mm-hmm. having to go out to a... I did move into their house and take care of them, but my siblings and I, we all took care of them in their house until they died, and they died five days apart. And, you know, it was both of them at the same time, but it, it's seven years. And before that, though, I mean, I had a turbulent relationship with them, and I lived thousands of miles away most of the time, but, you know, by the end of their lives, we had resolved what needed resolution. It's really not so much about them as about mm-hmm. my... Um, and and I, I really appreciated what you were saying before about that whole thing about when the fear comes up, run through the fear to the other side, you know, go out the other side. And I think, though I don't feel afraid, there is mm-hmm. some element of hanging on to a safeness of the past rather than explore the, the dangerous new. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. And that, that's really good to recognize that because we always tend to go back to the familiar. We want to go to what, what feels familiar because that, that, that familiarity also stops you from making the transitions that you need in your life. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So one, the, the safety uh, of the known is so compelling. <laughs> one, one thing that your body is showing is that, um, that feeling like you're not accepted. It looks like that's the core issue that, that's showing up is not having that acceptance. Acceptance so, by whom? For what? By, well, ultimately it means about not accepting yourself. Yeah. But, but then you're probably creating from other people around you also not being, you know, that they're not accepting you the way that you would feel um, fits your, your love style. So what is, what is your way that you feel really loved? That I feel really what? Loved. Oh, loved. What uh-huh. is the way I feel loved? How yeah, what, what is your love language? What is it that makes you feel that connection? Oh, unconditional positive regard. <laughs> totally. Okay. Unconditional positive regard. I deal badly with criticism. Okay. And um, it, it's hard for me to state my wishes, but once stated, if they're not granted, you know, that feels like a betrayal. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm very self-sufficient, but when I um, trust or open enough, to be vulnerable, to be mm-hmm. criticized, or even to interpret, to be offered the opportunity to interpret something as criticism, or to um, state uh, a desire and have it not be granted, 
or used against me in any way, you know, or held over me. Those those are the challenges I come up against. But yeah, to have all my wishes granted and to be unconditionally, positively adored, that that's I feel plenty plenty loved, you know. To right. have so- have my best self reflected back to me infallibly, you know, to have my best self, what I value most about me, to have that reflected back to me, what's right with this picture, to get that mm-hmm. reflected back, I really love that. That puts me, you know, really in a, in a great frame of mind. And I've learned to do that for myself, and, you know, it's wonderful. But trusting someone else to do that, that that's a right. major step. So that's really interesting because this issue shows up at the age of three. So I don't know if you can remember at age three something that has um, was a big change for you where you didn't feel like you were cared for or connected to. That may have been um, at age three. Generally for me it seems to be around age four, but I could see that it might have been earlier but without memory. Uh-huh. I can see that. My my mother had four of us inside of five years. My older sister okay. is a year older than me, and my younger sister is 22 months younger than me. My brother is only four years younger than me. So there were a lot of kids. You know, my mother was always pregnant, and there was always somebody somebody new in the house. And at three, it may have, hmm, that was my younger sister was an infant, Mm-hmm. You know, was a was a, a year old when I was three. I think she had an illness or something, and the doctors wanted to put her in the hospital, and my mother wouldn't permit it. She had them put a hospital bed in the living room with IVs and all that in the living room. So that that's I don't remember that, but my mother spoke of it when my younger mm-hmm. sister was about a year old. So that would have been when I was three. Okay. So, so if you think about that, if you can think about a three-year-old child that um, has to give up all of her attention for um, for the sibling, and it's you know, it's like you want to have compassion for the fact that you know your sibling's sick, your mom's probably very stressed out and has a lot of things going on. But if you can think about that, um, you need to also have compassion for yourself because you were missing out on a lot of love that was important during that time of development for you? Well, there was already a lot of chaos independent of my sister's illness. There was already Mm -hmm. a lot of chaos in the house and a lot of conflict. And it it was already pretty conflicted by then. I did have a surgery. I had to go into the hospital when I was about four, three and a half or four, and, Mm -hmm. you know, left alone in a hospital and surgery and all that. So, that could have mm-hmm. been what you're seeing, because that feels to me like more significant. Yeah, probably. yeah. Because my and mother that... was already stressed out and had too many kids. By the time my sister got sick, there were already three of us, and she was pregnant again. So, you know, it was it was already quite a lot of um, stress and chaos and, you know, kids not getting what they needed. So let's just do a little bit of focusing on that. I want you to just... Say again, um, what did you say? Just focus on that energy and just close your eyes for a minute, focus, and do some really deep breathing, breathing from your belly like a baby would breathe. I want you to just connect to that. Connect to what? I want you to look at yourself when you're age three. 
connect okay. to your three-year-old you. Okay. Really connect. And, and what do you notice when you observe the three-year-old? Like you're looking at her from your perspective. What do I observe about her? Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your emotion? Where do you feel pain? Do you feel tightness? Maybe in your heart area? Throat, kind of. Mm-hmm. Throat, throat. and tight, that tightness. Yeah, I do. I'm experiencing some kind of, like, throat, um, uh, fifth chakra, communication chakra. Right. Okay. And also, um, what's showing with this is is because of that feeling that you need acceptance. It's difficult for you to create boundaries with other people. Huh. And, yes, um, I see that. I see that. And it hasn't been easier for me to just avoid other people rather than try to, you know, interact and create the boundaries that would keep everything healthy. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. So that, does that create a feeling of despair for you? Does what create a feeling of despair? Does... Not, not being able to keep those boundaries, not having... No, not despair. Okay. No. Uh, so, how unease. do you deal with it? Well, you know, just that tightness in the throat, unease. Okay. Yeah. So, let's, let's just connect again with the three-year-old you. Okay. And just focus on that emptiness she would have being there in the hospital, being by herself, feeling like nobody's there for her. And now allow the adult Well, yeah, to... that makes sense to me. But not, not being alone, because there was never solitude there. There were always too many people around. There was always a crowd of people. I mean, it was a huge family, and everybody was there, and no solitude, but a, a lot of commotion and conflict all the time. But yes, that sense of my father not being there for me. Mm-hmm. You know, some somehow to, you know, not being being kind of on my own to deal with stuff. Yes, that does come forward as as you mentioned it. So that Okay, that's my lovely ladies, we have about 1 minute for you okay. to put a bow on Penny and get her to the place of being on the other side. <laughs> okay. And then if okay. you guys want to continue to talk, that would be great. But yeah, if you if you can like help us bring this to resolution so that we can offer your website, that would be fantastic. So Penny, I want you to just um, look at that three-year-old and as the adult, you give the love, that nurturing and connection and acceptance for yourself. So just right. really... Connect with that energy. And notice how your heart shifts with that. Can you feel that the difference as you connect to that? It's like that inner child was holding this place for you to to be different or be isolated from the rest of the group. So as you connect to that part of yourself, just allow that to merge in, and let's give that part of you a new job. So what, w- what would be a good job for, for the three-year-old to carry for you now? A job for a three-year-old? Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, aren't three-year-olds are supposed to just be fun and playful and, and 
experience life, right? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't like most children, so it may, it may not be that... Yeah, and, and that's what we want to show your three-year-old let's ha- to do that. So let, just tell your three-year-old that she has a new job. It's not to keep herself separate, but it is just to be exploratory, connected, and to bring that energy in and let that solidify. Okay. Breathe into that. Okay. And we'll, we'll continue to work with this energy, but that allows your inner child to no longer have to hold that place for you to be alone, to be disconnected from everybody. So, Lane, I really love this, and I personally got some value because I saw my three-year-old. And I think what I'm getting is that the three-year-old needs to be adorable. The three-year-old needs to play and connect exactly. and laugh. And, I mean, this was really... Um, powerful for me to experience. And Penny, I want to thank you for for um, stepping forward and being part of this process and this surrogate. I felt it in my heart, but it was the same, it was the same uh, message, the yeah. same story. Yeah. So thank you to both of you. And we're going to wrap up now, but I want people, if they want more of Elaine, your website is ElaineLemon.com. Right, Elaine? ElaineLemon.com or Elaine or EmpowerWholeness.com. So they both go to the same site. Okay, perfect. ElaineLemon.com. So thank you, Brent Carey. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Penny and Elaine, for this wonderful time. Thank you, listeners. If you want to write to me, go to TammyBPhD.com. Tammy with an I, BPhD.com. God bless. Onward and upward. Connect with you again soon. Bye for now. You and I haven't shaken hands yet. We've never chatted at a party. Our kids play different sports. But I can honestly say, without ever having met you, I'll help save your life. Your support could save a life. When you help the American Red Cross, you help America. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org today.